are listening to the Innovo Podcast, a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at innovovineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. But this, this topic of a healthy mind is this, of, of great importance to the Lord. It's of great importance to the Lord, and it's an area where we can all benefit from some improvement. Uh, I'm, I'm, what we've been doing this year, we've been taking seasons to soak in prayer, seasons to soak in the cross, seasons to soak in, in the vineyard movement we've been talking about. This is gonna be our series up until Thanksgiving. We're just gonna soak in the power of a renewed mind and what God wants to do in your brain, okay? This is, God gave you a brain. <laughs> Mary would say, I don't use mine, but 10% of the time, I don't know. But, uh, and a lot of us, if we're honest, we, we have some unhealthy patterns of thinking sometimes. We have some strongholds. We've, there's lies we've believed. There's some things um, that uh, there's this room for improvement to let the Holy Spirit move in. So that's my prayer is that there, we're going to see some things broken off. Uh, so, some of us need some, some counseling and talking to somebody. I've done that before. There's a, a, a lot of things God's going to do in this that's going to be good for us. So we are going to be looking at mainly one passage of Scripture to, to kind of anchor this whole thing, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So if we can stand together in honor of God's Word, and uh, Nick, you just do such a good job with this. If you could read our verse for us, and it's all on one screen just for you. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, you may be seated, thank you. There is a lot here, we're not gonna hit it all today, we're not gonna hit it all in 12 weeks probably. But if there's something that's really on your mind about this topic, uh, just email me or call me or talk to me, and I'd just love to hear your perspective on things. Uh, what does Paul say we need to do? Two things, something, don't do this, but do this. That helps me, because I'm a little slow sometimes. Don't do this, what, should we, what are we not supposed to do? Conform to what? Conform to the world and worldly thinking, but be by the ring of your mind. Don't do this but do this. He wouldn't say don't do this if we weren't doing it. Don't be conformed to the pattern of thinking of this world. God has better thinking for you that you get when you come to the Lord Jesus. Step into that. Let him renew our minds and our minds become healthier because our lives move in the direction of our most powerful thoughts. Where you think is where you're going to go. So if we're not thinking the right things, we're not going to go the right direction. God cares about our mind. If your mind wasn't worth, if it wasn't important, it wouldn't be worth renewing. He wants to renew our minds and help us to get healthier in our thinking. So, here's the question for you this morning. How is your mind? How is your mind today? Do you feel like your mind is fairly healthy? Are you... Do you, do you have concerns about yourself sometimes? <laughs> I have some concerns about myself sometimes. You know, there's a lot of series that I do that I kind of stay up here with a little swagger like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, you need to do this, you know? This is one I'm like, you know, I don't know if we should be talking about this right now, you know? 
we're, 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 all, we're doing this one together. We're all in process on this because I've got some challenges and, and we're working through some things together. But are your thoughts pure and holy? Or is there some junk in there? Are you focused? I have a hard time focusing sometimes. I've heard it said that, after, that post-COVID, one thing people struggle with now is focus. It's harder to focus. Uh, are you a worrier? Is there a lot of worry in your brain? Are you thinking like the Lord? This is going to be good for us. Um, there is a great promise in this verse for us. Be, God would not tell us to be transformed in our minds if it wasn't possible. It is possible. You don't have to stay with the same thinking that you had before you came to Jesus or that you even have right now. It can, it can improve, and that is good news because it's a priority towards the Lord. Um, the Bible says that the, the unrenewed mind is hostile towards the Lord. It's not neutral. The, the mind that has not been redeemed and renewed is at war with the Lord. Maybe you can remember when this was true in your life. You know, if we have unhealthy patterns of thinking, unrenewed patterns of thinking, we can have a lot of thinking that's, that's pretty good, but we can have areas of our life that our thinking is not healthy or good or biblical, and, and those thoughts are at war with the Lord and what He wants to do in our lives. So we, we want to bring those things under His leadership and control and let Him renew us. Um, the good news is the Holy Spirit does the work. The Holy Spirit does the work, but we get to cooperate with it, Okay. We can ignore what God wants to do in our lives. We can fight against it or we can cooperate. I've learned that it's, the more I cooperate with what the Lord wants to do, the quicker it goes and the easier it is. If I fight it, it's, it's not good because I always lose, okay? But he's going he's gonna to help us with this. So let's look at what the Bible says. We're going to look at Joshua chapter 1. And in J- Joshua was a guy uh, the Bible talks about uh, who led the, is, the, the nation of Israel into their inheritance in the promised land, okay? He was the one who brought them in to defeat the enemy armies and to occupy the land and get their inheritance that God promised to them. Um, could you, as a million people, he was to take into the promised land. Could you imagine if God gave that job to you? It would be a little overwhelming, wouldn't it? God has called you up. John, I want you to, I got a million people that you're going to take into the land, and I want you to, 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 to help them defeat their enemies and settle in the land, and you're in charge, you know. Uh, you'd have to be pretty confident and bold. You'd have to be a good strategist to understand what to do and a good motivator. You know, when you're leading people, sometimes people get down and discouraged, and you'd have to be a motivator. And you'd have to be someone who can obey God's instructions even when they don't make sense. Remember what God told Joshua to do in his first battle? The, 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 land, the city of Jericho? Walk around it for seven days and don't say a word. <laughs> and on the seventh day, walk around it seven times and the city's going to fall down. Could you imagine him explaining that to the people? Here's what we're going to do, guys. <laughs> we're just going to walk around the city seven times. Everybody's like, what? What's that all about? You'd have to be mentally tough and healthy. And I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, maybe I'm wrong, that Joshua had led anything before. I'm not sure if he'd led anything. Um, he had two qualifications. Joshua had a great mentor. His name was Moses. <laughs> Mo- Moses was the guy who was leading 
Israel to be rescued out of Egyptian bondage for 400 years, uh, performed the signs and wonders, led the people out, saw the Egyptian army defeated, and, and led them as they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years, coming to the promised land. And he, he learned from this guy and watched his mistakes and his successes. And the second thing was he loved the presence of the Lord. Joshua loved the presence of the Lord. There, there are uh, several times it says that Moses and Joshua went into the tent of meeting where they met with the Lord, and Moses would come out, but it'd say Joshua stayed in there a little longer. Joshua had a great mentor, and he loved the presence of the Lord. So when they got to the outskirts of the promised land, Moses died, and God broke, broke the news to Joshua that he was the new leader. This, this would have been a funny moment. Let's, Joshua 1, verse 2. He says to him, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you <laughs> to lead the people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. He didn't say lead my people. He said, lead these people. I think the Lord and the people were having a little conflict, you know. Joshua, you get to take these people, you know. You know, you ever say to your spouse, no, your kids are needing some help right now. It's kind of like, you know, Joshua, you're, take your people and get them across the end of the land. And I'd have been pretty stressed out in my thinking. It had to seem like an impossible job but God gave Joshua a plan to make it happen and successful. And he told him several times, be strong and courageous. And then he told him this. this. This is God's master plan to get the people into the land, defeat their enemies, and be settled. Joshua 1.8. He said this to Joshua. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it every once in a while. So you will be sure to obey some of the things written in it. Now what he said, did he? He said, meditate on it day and night, <laughs> okay? Uh, so you will be sure to do, to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So Joshua will say, buddy, here's your pep talk. You know, he's, he's like the quarterback going into the big game. And he's, he's not giving him strategy, battle strategy, or how to lead the people. He said, I want you to meditate on my word and everything else will take care of itself. That's what he told him. You will have success and prosper in all you do. That meditating on his word was the key. And it seems simple, but this is God's secret to success for us today as well. Meditate on God's word and then do it. Very simple. Meditate on his word. Do what he tells you to do. Um, my main point today is this. Meditating on God's word transforms our minds. Meditating on his word is one of the best ways we can cooperate with what God wants to do in our life. Um, the word meditate is the Hebrew word hagah. Hagah. Let's say that together. Hagah. Let's say it with a little Jewish hagah. <laughs> yes, it's, it's got that little spittle in it, you know. <laughs> It means to growl, to utter, to speak, or to muse. It doesn't mean to empty our minds and cross our legs and have nothing in there. It's not what it means. It means to fill your mind with God's word. We don't empty our minds. We fill our minds with the word of God, 
and we hegah it, okay? We read the Word. Uh, we're in the Word every day, reading the Word, day and night. We're in the Word. We memorize it. We chew on it. It's like a, chow, a cow chewing its cud. It chews on the grass. You know, cows are always chewing, but they're not always eating. It goes down, comes back up. They chew on it some more. It goes down. Imagine if you do that with a McDonald's cheeseburger, how wonderful that would be. It comes up, you chew on it some more. Got some good digestive juices working on it. It goes back down. That's what it means to meditate. We see ourselves in it. Man, this is for me. This is what God's doing in my life. And then we growl it out. This is for me. Lord, thank you for your word. We, we, we growl it. We meditate on it. We chew it. We speak it out. And I love this strategy. It sounds so simple and ridiculous, but it's so powerful for us. Early in my life when I was in high school, uh, I, had a, I really wanted God to transform my life. I was just doing a lot of stupid stuff and on the wrong path, and the Lord confronted me one day. The, what, really one of the first times I ever speak, I heard the Lord speak to me, and I, I heard him speak to me in, in my mind, but it was just like startling. It was so crisp, and it was like, you know what's right, you know what's wrong, you need to start doing it, and I'm not gonna give you a lot of chances. You know, you know it, you just need to decide. <laughs> so I was like, and I was a mess. So I just like repented, and um, I had a mentor named Oscar Wells, and he was an evangelist and a missionary to China and to Haiti, and he was an interesting guy. He was a little strange, he always called me Gregory. It was, always, it was never Greg, it was Gregory, always Gregory every time, oh Gregory, good to see you. And he was, the he was the father of the famous astronaut Shannon Lucid, who was the first woman to spend time in the space station. And um, he would tell me, if I would memorize the Bible and meditate on it, that I would be successful. Very simple. Especially the Proverbs. So if you just study the Proverbs and you just meditate on that and memorize it, pray it back to the Lord, um, it would really work, work in my life. So I did this thing where I'd get home from school and I wouldn't, before I ate a snack, before I did my homework, I would go down in my room for 45 minutes, get in the Word, pray, memorize the Bible, read it, and meditate on it. Because I believe this. And he gave me this, this, this verse in the Bible, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Why is, it, why is it his delight? Because it's the key to being successful. And in his law he meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. And that's what I wanted in my life. So I quit hanging out with my ungodly, sinner, scornful friends. <laughs> because I just wasn't making it staying in relationship. It was just where I was at. And it's funny, I just released them to the Lord. And afterwards, over the course of time, a lot of these guys found Jesus. They found, I, I preached back in Rockford, my hometown, a couple years ago on a Sunday night at a church. And I just kind of put it on Facebook, hey, I'm gonna be in Rockford, I'll be preaching. And a lot of my old friends I hadn't seen in years came. And one of the guys who showed up to hear me speak was the guy whose house we used to party at and, and drink and smoke marijuana and do all this stuff at. He shows up, and he had given his life to the Lord, and, and, uh, 
he said, I've been listening to this guy's sermon on WROK on Sunday mornings. And, and uh, I said, that's my dad. <laughs> He's been listening to my dad's sermons. It was, it was very interesting. But they, they came to the Lord. But anyway, I, f- I found out, it, I proved it in my life. We talked about proving. The Lord tested me and, 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 I, and, I, and I proved it. He proved it to me that memorizing his word was a good strategy in my life. Um, I went through college with amazing grades. As soon as, I, the day I graduated, the, the school called me and said, we want you to come and teach and be an adjunct professor. And I'm like 21 teaching college. I mean, and it just, it just went on from there. Things I, I probably wasn't qualified for, you know, just the, the, God has opened doors for me. But it created, it, it helped to change my brain. Meditating the word changes your brain in a good way. It's God's formula for a renewed mind. There's an author, her, uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. She's a neuroscience, and she wrote a book called Who Switched Off My Brain? I don't know if anybody's read that or not. Who Switched Off My Brain? And she talks about in her book about these uh, brain highways that we have in our brain. If you could look into your brain, you'd have these brain highways. You kind of got a little picture of this, the, the, the brain highways going through our brains. Um, each time we think the same thought, it, it creates like a, a, a path in our minds because our brains want to think about something using the least amount of energy possible. So when we, when we think about that, it's easier to go back and think that same thought again. And the more we think it, it creates these highways in our brains. And the first time you think something, it kind of creates a little rut that sticks in there to where it's easier to think it again. Now, if you, the more you think it, the deeper the rut gets. Uh, Mary's parents grew up in a depression. And uh, in, in this time, times were hard, jobs were scarce, scarce and money was short. And, and all the way through their life, this thinking back in the 30s that they had experienced affected their thinking. My grandmother Hall was the same way. She grew up in that. My grandma Hall, who was, who was, uh, she was born in the 20s, and kind of went through as a teenager, I remember her, her sink always had a string across it. And on that string were some clothespins. Because you and I use a, aluminum foil and we throw it away afterwards, but not Grandma Hall, who grew up in the Depression. She washed her aluminum foil with soap and water and rinsed it and then hung it on the clothespins to dry because you never know when things are gonna happen. <laughs> so you better be ready. She had all these plastic spoons. You open her spoon drawer, and here's the, the metal spoons and a bunch of plastic spoons from when she went to Dairy Queen, and you don't throw your spoon away, you wash it, okay? This is, this is her thinking because she grew up in the Depression, and her, her neural pathways were like, we got, things are scarce, we got, we got to work hard, and we got to keep, take care of what we got. She pulled me aside one day and says, Greg, you know why couples don't have money today? Potato chips. <laughs> they spend all their money on snack food, and they don't save it. And she's kinda, she was kind of right. Like, we didn't have potato chips in my day, she said, you know. And uh, Nick, I offended you with a potato chip line, but I was just kidding. I'm sorry. Go ahead and go buy some, go buy some potato chips. It's okay. Um, but it's these neural pathways that we have. When we rethink the same thought over and over again, it creates a rut. And the more we think about it, the deeper it gets. Um, anybody like to go to the Cedric County Zoo? You ever look in the cages of some of the animals? And, and they're, they're walking back and forth a certain path 
trying to find a way out of that cage. I would probably do the same thing. And you see that it's, you see the animal actually walking this path back and forth. And you can see that there's, the grass is worn out and it's a dirt path and they're walking this path hoping to get a way out. And they keep doing it over and over and over and over again and it creates a rut, you know? And we kind of do the same things. Little kids know this. Amy calls me during the week usually, and uh, we talk, and she, she called me this week, and they were driving home, and I got two grandkids, Josephine and Bellamy. Joseph, Josephine's three, Bellamy's about six months, and they have dueling car seats in the back. And Joe likes to torment her sister a little bit, so she'll take her foot, kick her shoe off, stick her old bare foot right up on, Joseph, on Bellamy's car seat, and Amy says, don't do that, and finally she threatened her and said, if you keep doing that, you're not going to get a sucker and you're going to get a timeout. Well, we're on the phone. I hear, Joe, what are you doing? Get your foot off your, your sister's car seat. Okay, that's it. You don't get a sucker. And what does Joe do? Oh, thanks, Mom. That's a just punishment for me. I'll, I'll, I may or may not do it again. No. Ah, I want a sucker. And she cries, and it's, just, it's a fake cry. It's real angst, but it's a fake cry. You know what I'm saying? And she's crying, and, and I'm thinking... This is going to be interesting to see how my daughter holds out on this because, you know, kids will wear you down. Josephine's neural pathway has been, if I cry long enough and throw a big enough fit, I'm going to get a sucker, no matter what I've done, okay? But Amy held her own. I was proud of her, and there was no sucker, and there was a timeout, and there was great, there was weeping and gnashing of teeth in the back, in the back of the car <laughs> because Josephine has learned, and I was a master at wearing my parents down. I was, I was a bad child, and I would study them and find the weakness and just, ah, and I'd get my way, you know? But before you get too hard on Joe, you've got some negative neural pathways in your brain as well. We've got some lies we believed and some things we worry about. Now, don't, don't point fingers, or, but your kids are late coming home from school or an event. They didn't call you. You didn't know this was going to happen and they're very late, what do you do? Panic attack. They were kidnapped, (laughs) you know? There was an accident. They were abducted by aliens. Our bodies get hot, we get nervous, we start calling the hospitals, the police, neighbors, we start, and and we just assume the worst, okay? You can point at somebody next to you if that's happening, you know? Okay, why, why do we assume the worst? We just assume the worst has happened. We just jump to that. It's a neural pathway that, that, of behavior that we have in our, in our lives that we do that. We have other ones too, okay? When we get bored, sometimes we turn to fantasizing about things that aren't real in our life to create some pleasure. Uh, when we're overlooked or mistreated, we revert to feeling bad about ourselves sometimes. Someone cuts us off on the highway, there's some deep anger and frustration that comes out sometimes. When we fail at something, I just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just no good. I always fail. This is, this is what my life is always going to be like. I'm never going to amount to anything. Neural pathways of negative thinking that are contrary to the Word of God and God's plan for your life. The trick for us is to create new neural pathways, new highways, six-laners, California freeways (laughs) of what God wants to do in our life. And and 
it, it can be hard, but when we come to the Lord Jesus, he sets us on this path of creating new highways. He encourages us to cooperate. Stop thinking like a person who, doesn't, who believes that God doesn't exist and God's not going to help you and you're on your own to, to the reality, which is God is in my life. His Holy Spirit is in me. I am his kid. He, he is part of my life and I am not a victim of random chance. That's, that's part of who we are. <laughs> I, I'm his kid. And he says, be renewed in your thinking by changing the way you think. And I'm going to help change the way you think. And it's a combo. We're going to work on this thing together. And it's going to be good. And he tells Joshua, meditate on my word and you're going to have success in everything that you do because your life follows the pattern of your thoughts. My word is the truth and it is, it's going to point you to where you need to go. So if we have a, a problem with worrying, you might meditate on something Moses wrote. Let me just read this real quick. It says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras, and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. This is written by the guy who stood up to the most powerful ruler on the planet, Pharaoh, and said, let my people go. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. When you meditate on this, you're, you're building a new neural highway in your brain to connect with what God's doing. I, I, I heard a guy say once that meditating on the word of God is like taking a machete and, and chopping, through, chopping a path through the jungle of negative thinking. You just go in there, you're just cutting that stuff away and you're clearing it out. And it starts as a path and it turns into a road and it turns into a highway. Then it turns into a six laner. The more you think it and the more you act on it, it starts to grow. It helps you under, overcome unbelief. When, when we come to the Lord Jesus, we have a lot of unbelief because we're not used to trusting him or knowing him. And we find out that things are different. We can, we can hear we hear that God can heal people, and it's kind of like, yeah, never seen that one. We hear someone share about their finances of God coming through, we think, oh, isn't that cute? That they, just, they believe that that check was the Lord, you know? Uh, we hear about people's encounters with God, and we don't know what to do with that, because we don't have highways of faith based on God's word. You know, we have highways of doubt, and they sound like fiction, I heard someone share it like this. This is interesting. That you're watching the news and you hear about a school shooting. And you hear about, you know, a principal being kidnapped and all these things happening. And, and, you, and you read about this. And then you watch a movie where the same thing happens in a movie. And your brain has a way of compartmentalizing what's fiction and what's fact. And uh, this, this is what happens. And meditating on the Word of God will help determine what you put in the, fi the fiction basket and the fact basket. It helps us with that. And a transformed mind rightly can tell the difference and know how to compartmentalize those things. So when you can't pay a bill, a thought comes to your mind that says, you're on your own. You better figure out what you're going to do because God's not going to help you. That's, that's the old highway. And we all get that. This God stuff's really cute until something big comes along and it's serious 
And then, then you better figure out what you're gonna do because nobody's gonna help you. That's the old thinking. That's the old highway. And we realize that, no, he's with me, especially in times of trouble. I was thinking about Matthew 6. It says, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Picture an unbelieving person who doesn't know the Lord or his ways and all these highways are going through and all these highways are like, no one's gonna help you. You better figure out what you're gonna do. But Jesus says, But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you some of what you need. A little bit here and there. No, he will give you everything you need. And it might be something that you kind of believe it, but honestly, it's in your fiction basket. But then you go through something and you lean on him and you believe his word because you've been chewing on it. And you say, God, you said you would help me in these seasons. And God, I trust you. Here's the provision that I need. And I'll do everything I can, but God, you're going to have to come through for me. And he comes through and it goes from fiction to reality. And you've got a new highway created. Then we've got to stay on that highway. Keep walking that same highway. A health problem comes along. Or something else comes along. And that voice comes in your head. You're on your own. You better figure out what you're going to do. No one's going to help you. No, the Word of God says. Okay? I'm not saying we're never going to go through troubles or challenges or have some difficulties, but I'm saying it's a different way of looking at it based on reality and not based on fiction. And like me, I'll, I'll see things in my life, because this is a daily thing for us. We do it at salvation, and we keep choosing God every day. Okay, when things come up, am I going to handle this the world's way or God's way? Somebody cuts me off on the highway, am I going to tell them they're number one? (laughs) Almost did that this week. Oh, so mad. (laughs) Thought about it. No, you know, (laughs) we pray for our enemies and love our enemies. No, bless that guy in Jesus' name, you know. We we, we do that, but we, we see areas of our life, you know, the kids don't come home and we have that freak out moment, you know. Oh, they're probably laying in a ditch dead somewhere, you know? And then when I catch myself in those patterns, the old, the old highways, we repent. Repent means change the way you think. God, my thinking in this situation didn't line up with your thinking. I apologize. I want, you're making me to think like you, but evidently I still got some old highways with, with crumbly asphalt and uh, the lines have been worn off, you know. But I jumped on that road, and, and, Lord, and, and I didn't trust you. And we repent. We apologize. And we make the choice that, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, but Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. Your thoughts can be my thoughts. Your ways can be my ways. And we're getting better. But we keep cooperating by memorizing and meditating on the Word, repenting when we do it wrong, invite the Holy Spirit in, and, and, and we're being renewed. Worldly thinking doesn't mean evil thinking. Do not be conformed to this world. There's some evil but he's not talking about evil. He's talking about a person who lives their life as if God wasn't part of it. 
that you were, that you, you were on your own orphan thinking, you better figure out what you're going to do because God is not going to come through for you. And we reject that thinking, that worldly thinking, and we let the Holy Spirit renew our minds by reading what he says in the word, and then we act on it, and then it's proven, and God gets involved. Um, real quick, one, one thing the Lord has shown me in my thinking, because I want to I try to be honest about these things as well as we're going through this together. Um, I feel like the Lord showed me this week, it was just, it was just sometimes God shows you something that's kind of like, I never thought this before, but yeah, you're right. I do do this, you know. Uh, some of you are married for that reason, you know. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, but the Holy Spirit says, "Greg, you're good at you're <laughs> you're good at forgiving." When I get a, when I get something unhealthy in my mind, you ever you ever get something in your mind? You're kind of like, and I and you feel you can feel passionate about it. God has given me a gift of my wife, and I'll go to her sometimes. I'll say, "You know, this is kind of what I'm thinking right now," and uh, and she'll say, "You know." Yeah, I've been thinking the same thing. And I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> you know, I'm right, I knew it. And then sometimes I'll say, you know, Mary, I've been thinking this thing. And she'll look at me, she'll go, no, no, uh, no. <laughs> really? She goes, no, <laughs> no, that, that's, that's not reality. <laughs> that needs to go in your fiction basket, you know. Um, but the Lord showed me something in my life this week. I just want to be honest. Uh, he said, Greg, Greg, you're good at forgiving big offenses, but you're bad at forgiving small offenses. And I realize it's true. Little, little things that I perceive or get angry about or struggle with, that, I, that the biblical word for how I react to this is offense. I'm, I'm offended at something. And it wasn't a big deal, but because I just don't take them seriously, those offenses stay in my life, and pretty soon they build up, and I've got a pattern of offense towards somebody. And, I, and, I, and the Lord said, you, you got to let those small offenses go and forgive those quickly, and then they're not going to build up. Because you're good at offending. When someone does, slaps you in the face, you can forgive them. But, but if, they, you know, if, they, if they trip you by mistake, you get offended, and then, and then it sticks. So I've been, I've been trying to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I don't want to live with offense. I want to I be hard to be offended. So I've been forgiving the little things that God is bringing to my mind that people have done to me or accidental, or cut me off on the road, just stupid little things. And I can just really quickly step out from underneath the weight of that and be free. So the Lord will be faithful to show you things in your life. Don't, don't get offended when he shows you an area of thought that needs to be corrected. All of us have been through a childhood that has had all kinds of stupid things in it. <laughs> Where someone has told you that you're stupid or you're ugly or they've not included you. And, you know, sometimes there's, there's highways that have formed around those things. Times at church we were overlooked. Or someone says something and it was just some stupid little thing, but it's like, I bet they really meant that. And it gets in the way of community. So what, what, I, what I'm going to ask the Lord to do for us, and I want to, because we're going to soak in this for a while, and I want to ask you to do the same thing. Lord, would you show me any areas of negative thinking in my life that you want to correct? Do it in your timing, but Lord, would you show me these things so that I can build some new pathways according to your word and trust you? Lord, just, just show me what you want, any, any lies that I'm believing. Lord, show me so that I can walk with a new pathway. Holy Spirit, I want to cooperate with your 
process of renewing my mind. Can we do that? We do, let's, just do that. let's just do that together right now. Let's just, just right where you are, just ask the Lord, Lord, any, any lies I'm believing, any negative things that I have just are entrenched in my thinking, Lord, would you just expose those? Lord, Holy Spirit, I will just pray, shine your, your, your light in our souls right now, in our minds. Lord, would you reveal to us now and just over this, this series, any lies that we're believing that's creating negative action in our life. And Lord, would you help us to replace that thinking with biblical thinking and godly thinking. Lord, thank you for the work you're doing in our minds. Thank you that, Lord, we're important to you and you care about our thinking. And Lord, we trust you and we trust the process you have us in. And Lord, we love you today. Thank you that we're valuable and that we have meaning. And Lord, we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.